everybody, and welcome to Listen Money Matters. Los flojos trabajan doble. My name is Matt, and I'm here, as always, with Andrew. Andrew, how are you, and what are you drinking? I am excellent. Yeah. In no small part because of the rise and grind quadruple coffee stout. Oh, boy. <laughs> with vanilla beans and coca nibs. I'm going to go slow. Okay, I was going to say, it's going to be... Uh... It's the only one I had in the fridge, and we have beer coming, but, okay. you know. I was going to say, I have beer coming today, too. Ah, mm. uh, to not today, though. It's starting to get low. It's coming from Cali. I don't think they shipped it yet. Ooh. Might have to do? risk my life next week. What? To go, uh, <laughs> yeah, buy myself a bud or something. <laughs> yeah, just get a nice, uh, nice thirty pack. Yeah, do you, do you good. Um, I'm drinking a double IPA, so I'm not too far off from you. Called Shelter from Outer Range. Mm. Um, yeah, so we're gonna take it slow as well. But today, when, it, when we're all said and done, I'm gonna go outside. I'm going to drink more beer. That's my plan. Right. So today's catchphrase comes in from Daniel via email. Thank you, Daniel. Appreciate that. And to uh, I don't speak Spanish. Uh, What does that mean? The lazy work double. Yes. And I was like, uh, I was talking to Steph because Steph speaks a little Spanish. And I was like, I said, flojos. And she's like, what the hell? Apparently it means flip flop, like literal Mm -hmm. translation. So um, I if I if I said it incorrectly, I'm sorry, but maybe we'll <laughs> maybe we'll overdub it with a with a, a better pronunciation. Maybe I got it. Maybe I nailed well, it. If you did say it wrong, don't email us. And if you <laughs> did say it right and you loved it, don't email us. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, all right. So today, speaking of email, we're talking about our simple strategy for owning and managing rental properties. And we have a course called Rental Properties for Passive Investors. And we got some feedback on it via email. And I think uh, it's important to address this feedback. I, I just want to say yeah. that, you know, we took a liberal amount of time putting this out there. I was wickedly nervous. Mm-hmm. And and as with every episode we put out or post or everything, riddle with anxiety and think it's just no good ever. <laughs> You're talking about the course. <laughs> Any I mean, Anything that I've ever published in my life, I'm You're pretty just... sure is no good. <laughs> <laughs> you have the creator's dilemma. Low confidence. And yeah, so yeah. first course... We took a long time, wasn't very confident. But it's out, and uh, I'm going to read an email, a part of an email from Jarrett. I just want to say also, not that we weren't confident in the content, that we were able to deliver it well. Correct. And um, this email from Jarrett, he he loved the course, uh, but he had some, it was kind of like shocking to him. And mm-hmm. his his question was, could it really be that simple and straightforward? Now let me mm. let me go into the more to more detail. So he says, everything you all said makes so much sense, but then again, it has to ha- it has the negative effect of making it seem almost too good to be true at the same time. Bigger pockets, afford anything, etc., all have dozens of articles and podcast episodes covering hundreds of different hyper-specific real estate issues. But your course is the first that I felt uh, can actually you can actually take action on. They make it seem like you have to learn every last asp- aspect of every single damn thing out there. And if you don't, you're going to get into a six-figure disaster. They talk about having to go to real estate meetups, learning the neighborhood intimately, becoming an expert on every single element of a house, et cetera, et cetera. All of these things, by the way have turned me off to the whole idea for the record. So yet yours seems to rationally say that you only need to take a guided series of steps 
Is it really this easy? Are websites like Bigger Pockets filled with fluff and noise to get clicks? Or is it just that your methods and strategies already take most of what they say into account? Does Roofstock just do most of the work for us? I guess I've been trained to be so cautious on real estate that I am naturally skeptical, thinking there has to be more that you're not covering, even though I love the course. Now, I want to, that was from Jarrett. I want to say this is not some big ad for this course. I think there's a really there's a much deeper issue here with when, when it, it comes speaks to, just, to money in general. Yes, and, and and especially any sort of complex topic like, I mean, real estate investing scares me personally. Hmm. I think it's it's and the reason it scares me is because it's so you, there's a lot of capital. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah, right. a lot of money's on the line. Right. Uh, but and I want to ask you a bunch of things because you jumped into this head first. You mm-hmm. bought your first rental property. How much, you know, because sites like Bigger Pockets, like they have a ton of content you could learn forever and never oh, yeah. buy a single property, right? What did you do? Like, what was your steps to learning first before you jumped into actually buying? I was talking about it with my friends who, one, had already bought one and was buying a second. Like, talked to them for months about it, did incessant amounts of research. What I listened to the Bigger Pockets podcast, which, mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of good stuff in there, but perhaps a bit challenging to get through. Yeah. I felt um, it, it's just it's just a lot, and then you don't know anything. What is you the, know, what I, was the most helpful part? Was it was it listening to podcasts? Was it just your, like literally having sort of like a mentor? Right? You know, he didn't he didn't know like all that much more than me. And to be honest, uh, I we kind of just like jumped into the fire, and we we learned a lot like cutting our teeth on it, I feel like, you know, I learned a lot about the burst strategy and I was obsessed with the burst strategy before yeah. we did it, which is buy, rent, I'm sorry, buy, renovate, rent, repeat. Mm-hmm. And it's like this whole way of like putting money in, pulling most of it out. It's like- It's a philosophy, more, right? Yeah. And, it, and it's yeah. a really great strategy, but it, it infinitely complicated on top of just buying and picking a property. Right. Like- it's just there's so many ways to right, drown so, in this, right? And you can, uh, and you can basically like learn forever. Right? Yes, you could just continue to learn and never actually pull the trigger on anything. It's like trying to say like you're an expert in science, like <laughs> right. like which science? Well, yeah, which science? Like and Earth does it, science? Does it like, ever end? And in yeah. like you know, and this this is kind of like it speaks to that because I'm a home brewer. I know a lot about beer. I know how to make beer. I am forever learning. It doesn't mean I'm not sitting there making beer. I'm making beer, but I'm still learning every day and changing my process the next time I make the next batch. And, you know, fermentation and stuff's involved. Does that mean that you can make wine? Doesn't mean you can't make wine. Sure. But you're probably not going to be that great at it because you haven't done it and it's not a focus. Now, okay, I want to kind of like drill into the learning process some more because specifically for you because – if I were to buy a rental property right now, and I I was part of the course, I took the course uh, mm-hmm. essentially. I you are the person. I wouldn't even I wouldn't look up anything. I would just ask you. Right. Is that kind of how you approached it? Was with with your friend who who did because it's like well, somebody okay, had done so, it. So yeah, so I, I worked with him, but but I, to be perfectly honest, um, I learned the most from someone that you may remember a million years ago. Her name um, was Allison Carrolls. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like our real estate expert on list of my matters in the beginning. Some of her, 
uh, articles are still on the site. And she had owned, I think it was 11 properties at the time. Okay. And she had a whole spreadsheet and a process that she used. And so I really adapted her process to fit my needs. So I pretty much followed all of her exact things. And then as I went through it, I was like, not this, this. I don't want to do that. I don't care about this. And I kind of made mm. it more me. She wanted to be real estate. I just I just wanted to make money. Right. I just wanted to be successful yes. in it. But I didn't want to like live and breathe. Do you think that you had to have a foundation of some kind of knowledge before even going and learning about rental properties. Yeah, yeah, I definitely. What is that? So I think it's just like basic understanding of properties, rent, and like the value of things. Um, I think a lot of people go into buying rental properties where they're like, hey, I heard of this guy. He makes money on rental properties. This house is for sale. I think we could rent it and make some money. Yes. It's a, and it's, chances it goes are, no, you yeah. can't. You could definitely buy it and rent it, but you yeah. can't make money on it. Okay. And and like, all right, so what was the, you know, out of those pieces, like, yeah, you you learn how to buy properties. It was it was Allison's spreadsheet that really spoke to me in that it, it was, um, I, I kind of leaned towards numbers. Uh-huh. And I understand things in that context. But it really set, I, I liked her approach where she had um, limitations on the deals that she would do based on the numbers. So she put in the rent price in, the purchase price in, you know, she had assumptions for like vacancies. She boop, beep, boop, put all these numbers in. And it was like, she had boxes that would be from green to red, right, radiant so- of like how much she should do this deal. Ah, so she had like binary choices. And it was either yeah, yes was or like, no. <laughs> and then what would happen is like, I would do this and I would clone the, sh- the spreadsheet into other tabs and I would compare these gradiented uh-huh. numbers against each other. And I was like, oh, this, this is such a, a better deal. Right. I also think too, like you, I mean, look, we've been doing this podcast for however many number of years and you have a base knowledge and you've been learning about money your whole life. You, you mm. have an understanding of the dollar, if you will. Yeah. Right. You just have a different, um, you just have a different philosophy or whatever's in your mind that makes you who you are. You just think about it differently than, than even I do and mm. probably anybody else. Right. And so I think like going into it with that is you're not, you didn't, I think to, to point out what you just said, which was, you know, yes, you can, you can find a property, a binary choice. Yes or no? Do I buy the property? Yes, I buy the property. Will you make money on it? No. You know, it's mm. it's there is that possibility. But I think the way that you look at things is so unique. I wanted like a financial model to put it in. Yes. But you wanted you wanted constraints. Yes. Right? You got those. And that's what the course covers too. It covers those constraints. Big time. The entire end to end, how we think about it, process. Yeah. Oh. Uh, um, so this is kind of similar to the pool industry, weirdly, and it just when it just comes to learning. Um, and it also I've been making bread. And so I want to just give out two like examples. One, a lot of people who come to swimming diversity, I my my goal there is to make learning about pool care incredibly simple because who the hell wants to sit there and learn about water chemistry? It's like, no, is my pool clear or is it not clear? And right. I don't care why. I don't care about the science. I just don't want it. Cloud. I want it to work. I want it to work. Okay. 
So they don't need to know all the ins and outs. So what I try to do is, is approach it with a very like, you know, like you, I put, put you in a box, like, here's where your numbers got to be. And here's, and that's it. Now, the problem with that, and, and when you like, people would come into my store when I worked at the store and they would have a problem and I would be like, here's your steps. Boom. And they would go, okay. But the problem is they would go across the street to another pool store and they would ask them and that person would give them a different mm. strategy. Right. Probably now they doubt this. both of you. Well, now they don't know which. And then they try to mix them. And mm. the steps are all out of order because one person has their way of doing it. Another person has their way of doing it. And now you're mixing chemicals that shouldn't be mixed and you get more confused. And so what you do is then you ask for a third opinion and you keep going down this road. If you're somebody who's listening to bigger pockets, but then you're moving over to afford anything and you're listening to Paula, it, you're getting yeah. I'm sure you're getting two different approaches two different philosophies two different strategies right yeah. and, and it's not to say that one is even better or could no, or couldn't be successful it just it, it's it's whether or not it fits you mm. right if it makes sense to you as the person learning it right um so yeah and to kind of go a little bit more on learning and then after this after the break i kind of want to just talk about the strategy briefly like kind of mm -hmm. get it kind of get into it uh oh if i may just talk about paula's approach yeah as well yeah which is a great approach and paula's is um and she's been very successful but it's like kind of a very scrappy from the beginning all hands in where she created all the value herself she found the property got it for a wicked deal was kind of in steeped in everything mm -hmm. right um, and that's totally something that is viable and doable, right? And if like you're you into can, it, right? Yeah. You could find wholesalers or I don't know, you can go to foreclosure things and you can try and get that one deal. It may take you an incredibly long time. Um, I, I just didn't want to do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And here's the thing too. Like, I mean, just con consider personal finance. You know, the what Andrew and I talk about is we like leveraging debt, mm. whereas like Dave Ramsey doesn't. He's a completely against it. And so it's like, OK, fine. Two valid approaches to personal finance. Which one fits you? Are you the guy living in a four million dollar or forty five million dollar mansion who can easily say to everybody? No. Yeah. Get rid of your debt. Say, it's just that easy. Click, a, you know, mm. snap your fingers. Or are you the kind of person who like if you want to live in a house? You need a mortgage. Yeah. You know, I, I don't, I mean, I kind of like you and, and I think it's, I, I do this with homebrewing too. Like there are some guys I don't follow because their approach is maybe too complicated for me. Like purists. Or like something. pure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like German purists. Right. <laughs> who, who, who like, yeah, they make their beer the old fashioned way. And it's like, ah, it's, I don't, I don't want to do it that way. And, I and might, it's not about like this like lazy, no. laissez-faire approach, but you know, uh, I'm drinking a quadruple coffee stout with vanilla beans and cocoa nibs, which is definitely not a purist type no, thing. No, it's a, and, actually against the Reinheitsgebot. boat. So it actually may be a great analogy because at 17% ABV, it will get you there faster. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. As will leverage. Yes. If exactly. you do it smart. Yeah. So it is, I think, uh, it's a really about, a, it's about learning. And it's about really understanding who you are as a person, yeah. right? What are you into? Are rental properties even right for you? Mm. You know, are you that kind of, or is it just something you saw and you're like, well, that person's making a ton of money on it. So then, yeah. So then, you know, 
then I will. And it's like, well, <laughs> do you even like going on Zillow? <laughs> do you even? I don't know. Like, there's, I just that's kind of how I feel. It's like I don't know. No, I would agree, and and I think maybe one of the things that I didn't resonate with, like, look, it we've been doing this for seven plus years, mm-hmm. and we finally made a course. Uh, and you know, I was like pretty much on, in the never course group yes, ever. Yes. Um, all the people who talk about real estate, that is their full-time job. Mm-hmm. They do rental properties. They're in there. They're, yeah. I don't know, kicking tenants out. They're, I don't know, replacing carpet, whatever. I have zero interest in any of that. I literally don't even want to deal with decisions related to it. Yeah, you want to get just it want, done. I just wanted a really interesting investment that would bring me income. That I didn't have to like sell something to, you know. Yeah, Okay. Well, listen, I want to take a break and then I want to kind of get into your specific strategy and what you put together after doing all the research and buying a a bunch of properties and kind of just breaking it down in a very simple, straightforward format. Is that cool? Yeah, absolutely. Let's take a break and we'll be right back. All right. So the course that we created is specifically called Rental Property for Passive Investors. And I think that part of it, the latter part is more important than the first part because your strategy is for the people who don't want to get into the nitty gritty of every learning what you know what Jared said like every single aspect of, of a house just in itself yeah. right like I, I don't know how interested are you in houses so you know? so I mean I live in one and sure. you know it's cool and all of that but I, I learned rather quickly that um, I can't add much value into a lot of these processes that already exist, whether it's, you know, often it's like renovating or and break fix type things or like management. Um, one, because I would need to learn a ton. And two, because it's so cheap, so cheap to hire property managers or some maintenance person that will do a damn good job in Georgia to replace carpet or whatever that like on an hourly rate, like I just can't compete. Like I'm, it's too expensive for me to put my time in there. <clears throat> so then, why did you even think about rental properties if you if that was a deterrent and you knew that? Then mm-hmm. why did you choose this as a money making venture? Well, I, I you know the the prevailing wisdom. Like we we were going to our tax person, and he was like basically like you you know everyone knows about rental properties. Despite you know everyone owns a home or something. Sure. You know he's like advising us. You know we have to live close to the place because like what you know there was a person they the rubber ducky whatever slipped into the toilet and flushed and it overflowed and he had a rush there in the night and that would just never be me. I would yeah. never be the one who got up out of bed. Period. Right, you and know? that should have deterred you from ever doing it. Right. Right, and so I was like, but wait, isn't isn't there somebody? Who will wake up for you and go and do that? <laughs> Is, isn't there a job for that? What would happen if it happened in your own home? Would you be able to know how to fix it? <laughs> we, I don't know. We'd have to evacuate. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like oh, I, ha- it. I own a snake. Right. Okay. Well, that's that's something. I I think the thing is like um, so you knew that. Yeah. You knew that, and um, and I knew that it didn't make sense for me to do that work. Okay. So uh, how did you start with the? Let's go back to your first rental property. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, what was the like, first step that you took in in like you had capital, right? So the, mm-hmm. the first thing is like, you know, get capital, right? Did you have a budget going into it? So um we did what our budget kind of became around uh 
properties that we were shocked at how cheap they were. We wound up buying a property that was like about $50,000. And so I didn't even know places that existed that cheap. Right. You didn't just spin a globe and like put your finger on the, you know, you No. How did you know where even where to start? My friends, Neil was investing there and I was like, oh, wow. And and I saw the returns. And, And to your previous question, like why even dive into any of this? It was because the returns were ridiculous. Percentage I mean, it was, wise. Yeah, percentage wise. Like, first of all, just in terms of like cash that you pull out monthly, you know, after you net out all of the bullshit of vacancy and fixes and whatever. But then there's also appreciation and they're paying the mortgage for you. And so like math wise, it was like, wh- I couldn't understand why everybody wasn't doing this. And mm. I think it's all of the dead ends and like, Overlearning, or just the whatever, or no, I think it's the capital. It has yes. to be a huge part of it. Okay, for sure. But uh, people get mortgages all the time for places they live in. Yeah, and uh, you know, you you don't need that much. There are there are plenty of people who have saved twenty some odd thousand dollars in their life. Yeah, and so that that's really all you need for a hundred thousand dollar property. So I would say uh, like 20 to 25 is probably what you need for a hundred thousand dollar. I think it also, se- I mean, to me, it seems very risky because mm-hmm. it is a lot to do with you. You have a lot of capital involved, you know, there a lot could go wrong, but then again, like that would be, I mean, cause I feel like investing in $10,000 in a, in a, in a huge fund, like an, in, like a, the, the Vanguard total. Yes. So right? Vanguard total stock market fund is kind of like the, the tried and true, you know, I want to say that we were, we were extolling that before it was cool and trendy, mm-hmm. you know, but you, you have to remember where I came from, where, uh, I started working. I worked for this wonderful place that I loved called Lehman brothers. <laughs> and then they went bankrupt. Yep. Blew my mind because everyone was smarter, like the smartest people I'd ever met. And I became incredibly income insecure. Hmm. I realized like how this whole like lifestyle and all these commitments that I had made and it could really just go away instantly. Right. And if you kind of like plot my last seven ish years, it's literally how can Andrew obsessively build income in every avenue possible and make himself like invulnerable to this stuff. Right. And (laughs) ultra diversify. (laughs) Yes. I mean, you, you know how ridiculous I am with all this stuff and rental properties, uh, is a great way to take the like online business. And we talk about online business that you kind of have to get in there with like your yes. pickaxe and mine for shit. Like you well, just we have do. To. We right. do. Right. Like, yeah. the, like the same way you could approach rental properties that way if you wanted yes. to. Right. You're right. Actually, you could. I, I love building this stuff. So I don't view it that way. Mm-hmm. And I guess the way I viewed it is. I mean, because I was going to say, you know, a lot of people that online businesses don't know how to use WordPress at all. Yes, yeah, actually, right? okay. and, and there are our customers for Lasso. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> like, and so yes, you can go and buy it, but I guess because we build there, and you know, and then we make money from it. I needed a place to plug the cash that we were earning, and I didn't want to just grow this net worth number into infinity of dollars I would never touch, anyways. Yeah. I wanted income so that you know, if say COVID. 20 <laughs> right, right or something came along yeah, or COVID-19 comes along like there's there's enough plates spinning yeah you know I wasn't planning for a pandemic but I was planning to lose my income right so but so okay so you got this guy who who points you in like a place of rental properties you mm-hmm. have some capital right mm-hmm. and you're like all right I'm gonna do this I'm gonna actually go through with this 
you hemmed had, and hawed for weeks. Of course, it, but... and and I, you had Allison's spreadsheet, right? That was her name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, okay. And so this is what you're armed with. Really, is like you have a, a you have a guy you can ask a question to every once in a while. You have a spreadsheet that kind of keeps you in line, and and you know where to look. So I, I had a bit more because okay. I had I had Neil who was sitting next to me at work that yep. I would ask questions to. Mm-hmm. I, you know, the internet at large. And and I had a list of my matters at the time. And so I was asking Allison and I was kind of anyone. We had a community and I was asking people in List of Money Matters Pro, like yeah. what, you know. Um, but but it was that, and then it was whatever this guy Bill said, and he wanted to sell a property. And I was aware he wanted to sell me the property. Okay. And so, so you ca- just and then that was it. You did it. So we wound up doing it, yeah. And what did you learn from that experience? Because it, it, you weren't. I would say that you and you probably argue this. Were you a, were you fully equipped to? Uh, you didn't know everything. No, I didn't know everything. I didn't realize the implications of some of the decisions that I made. This was such an insanely high yielding property, and I don't know. I mean, we've talked about it a lot, but like there were no appliances in there. Yeah. Like it was, it was so bare. It was literally like four walls and a roof. And I thought it was hilarious that someone was going to come in, pay me what was way more. Like it was almost like th- almost four times my mortgage payment. They're going to pay me that to come and bring appliances and live there. I thought yeah. that was like the most ridiculous thing ever. It sounds and, like it. And people did, you know, but then you're obviously. Uh, bringing a certain type of people into the house, mm-hmm. and so there are all these issues that you with, that you were, that you would never know, right? And so it's like, you know, everyone wants like to chase this highest yielding thing, but there's like a lot of downside to that because right. it actually wound up not being what I wanted it to be passive, yeah. And having <laughs> something that's so high yielding is going to be riddled with issues because it's uh, so risky, right? So it was which really is why active. I, yeah, so I went from a C minus neighborhood to really trying to look maybe D plus to like looking at more B level neighborhoods, mm. you know. And so you learned a lot. I mean, you would say that like you had the school of of your first rental property not being a bust by any means, but being like a hardcore learning experience. Yeah, like we we have made money on it. It it makes great money most yep. years, but uh, it has been stressful. Where if you know me, you have heard me joke about the whole like, do you know an arsonist? <laughs> right. You know, because right, right. yeah, yeah. would I love to just have that burned down and collect the insurance money and then put it into a better property? Sure, of course. You know, but it, no, it's... you're you're stuck with your uh, with your initial decision. Yeah, I will say like I read for years about brewing beer before mm. I even brewed a beer. <laughs> and then I brewed a beer and it was terrible. Like it was, everything was, I, it was, and, it, and and the reason I procrastinated so much on starting is because I read so much and it became so complicated in my mind. Yeah. Right. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to need this thing. I'm going to need that, that. All these weird edge yeah. cases. And- beer is really, really simple. Right. I, and that was, and then as soon as I did it, I became very quickly, like, after like four or five batches, I'm like, okay, I understand this now because I've done it. It's experience. And I just want to say, um, and this is something I've watched all the Marcus Limonis, the profit episodes. Mm. I have literally actually watched every single shark tank episode while feeding a baby. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> And, uh, I thought you were going to say it's a good thing (laughs) while feeding my baby shark. Um, 
And there's one thing that they always beat into every entrepreneur's head. You need to know your numbers. Mm. And if you know your numbers, you can have a successful business. And the exact same thing is true with rental properties. And so you can make all these dumb decisions like buy a property with no appliances and think you're going to get a really nice person moving yeah. in there, hauling a fridge in and out of all their places they've rented. You're not. But if you know your numbers, your property will at least be profitable. And if you know your numbers, you could build a portfolio of properties that is like resistant to running cash flow negative. And so, what what sorry. are what do you mean by that specifically? What are the numbers like? What do you like? Just give me a few um, choice numbers that you really need to know. You know the the amount of profit and, and the percentage of profit that you'd make. And the reason it's a percentage is because you need a certain amount of buffer over your mortgage, mm. and you need to have you know fair assumptions on things like vacancies, and you need to also control your cost. Like you could buy a four hundred thousand dollar place and make a killing in terms of rent. There are buildings in Hoboken you could buy for $2 million with three units. And I'm sure you could be profitable with it. But we, our strategies focus on $100,000 properties yeah. because the more properties you have, you get this portfolio effect. And so it's really um, one, knowing how to be profitable, but then setting it up so that there's so much protection from failure and reduction of risk that uh, You'll be, you'll, you'll most likely be good. Let me ask this last question. Mm. Uh, if I came to you today and I said, and maybe I am coming to you today, I don't know. And I said, <laughs> I want to, I want to, you know, obviously, you know, I have a rental property. The whole, the whole community knows I have a, <laughs> a rental property. I'm going to pretend like that doesn't exist. Right. And I'm like, okay, I want to buy my first rental property. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, I have not, I have not listened to bigger pockets. I've not listened to Paula. Uh, I've been listening to listen money matters for the first year. And then I skipped a few years and then, <laughs> and then, and then I started listening the last, last couple years only to the Giovanni guy. <laughs> yeah, only, yeah. Only when he was on, uh, I didn't, I didn't really care for Thomas too much. No, but I, I like, let's say, <laughs> let's say I came to you with that today. What would you, what would you, if I had, you know, you were like, okay, here's how I would do it. Like, just kind of like rapid fire. Like, how would you tell me, like, where would you tell me to start at least? Um, I would start looking at properties in specific neighborhoods. So you get an idea of what good is. What is my tool of choice here? Uh, the reason I say roof stock, I mean, look, roof stock pays us. But they are also the only online marketplace where you can find all of these properties. Um, and it's cheaper for the seller and the buyer, which is okay. why like a lot of good inventory goes in there. So you wouldn't you tell me to like you wouldn't tell me you need this much capital. You would you would say look for the property first. Look, I think that the strategy that we've outlined is incredibly accessible. I think it makes a ton of sense. Yes. Uh, I can afford much larger properties, but I don't want to take that level of risk. Um, that said, uh, I, I, you know, th that I think you need to look because I, maybe it doesn't resonate with you. Maybe you want to buy mm. one property. Yeah. You want to buy a, a multifamily. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Because. And then you, and then you decide what your budget is after you found a neighborhood, you know what the prices are. You're like, okay, I'm going to need 10 grand. I'm going to need 20 grand, whatever. And then maybe you have it. Maybe you don't, maybe you save up for it, but you know where to look back when you're ready. 
Exactly. Okay. And then uh, from there, like, am I do I buy through Roofstock? Would you recommend that as my first time? Would you recommend me? Like, well, how would you? Okay. Yeah. So, so here's like kind of the two ends. So Roofstock essentially like white gloves the transaction for you. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll like you know help you pick property uh, managers. They'll help you make pick property insurance. They'll get the the closing people into your house so you could like literally just sign the papers like in your living room. Um, or you could go through a real estate agent who's picking shit out from MLS and doesn't really care about you. Oh man, and- that Roofstock thing sounds <laughs> right up my alley. <laughs> well, look, the, the truth is yeah. everyone who's listening to podcasts has the ability to use websites on the internet. And so if you're going, when you're going to go try and find a place to rent and you're doing your own research, the, the real estate agents, that's the same shit that they have. Right. So you're looking at the same thing. And so if you could look what they are looking at, but yeah. you know what you want, you might as well just do the whole thing. But how yourself. do I, how do you know what you want? Like you're, you know, I'm, I'm, t- I'm coming to you with nothing. Right. So, um, a big part of the course is kind of defining what we call a quote unquote great property, like what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's really important to know what you're looking for, or it would be, you'd just be, there's unlimited amounts of houses out there. Yeah. Be shooting so, in the dark. Yeah, and so I think once you have an idea of what you're aiming for, mm-hmm. then you could start to look at properties and you know, maybe a week or two weeks, you're not even gonna pull a trigger remotely. You're just looking at pictures, seeing like details on a property. You're shopping. See, yeah. What do they eventually sell for? Maybe you throw some super low ball bids in there. You know, I think like you can't but like we we buy places in Georgia. I feel like we know the neighborhoods in Georgia that we look. You can't pick a place in Georgia if you don't know what houses in Georgia look like and go for. Yeah. And rent for. And that's it. All that's they're the only numbers you think I need to look at. I just I think I idea. think the yeah, purchase price and rent are obviously the two biggest. Yeah. And then from there, what do I do? Um let's say I find a property that I like. Then, oh, this looks cool. I like this. This feels affordable to me. Uh, it looks like they're getting good rent. Uh, I, you know, maybe I, I mean, I, I think, um, what you're not saying is like, you know, you had the spreadsheet, but we also, there's a tool called investable that you built. Well, right. And so investable was built because Allison's spreadsheet became cumbersome in specifically comparing properties Mm. where I, where like what happens is like, I want to buy one property. I'm looking at so many and maybe this one, and then I lowball, it doesn't work out. And so you're kind of like playing with lots of potentials. Mm. And so it really helped me understand which made the most sense. Okay. Like side by side. Um, but we said like the two numbers, you know, purchase price and rent, there's a 1% rule. You take the rent divided by the purchase price. If it's 1% or greater, it's probably a good deal. But there's so much more right. vacancies and property uh, and uh, property tax. Yeah. If you're buying around uh, Chicago, you're going to get crushed in taxes. Mm. It might not ever work out for you the way you'd like it to mm-hmm. for a rental property. And so you need to plug these things into investable or spreadsheet or something and see if after everything's calculated, if one, you're going to make a profit. And if two, there's enough buffer there for bad shit to happen mm-hmm. and you to still either make a dollar a month, <laughs> right. but certainly not lose money. Right. And that's the whole name of the game. Yeah. Right. And so let's say I find that property. I, all mm-hmm. the numbers work out. What do you tell me to do? Like, what's my, what's my steps for the next piece of it? And then when do you like, let me go? Like, when do you go? I can't like, I don't know, man, you're on your own. Yeah. So, I mean, you make a bid and you start kind of 
but not insulting. And yeah. of course, we have guidelines for stuff like that. You know, once the bid's accepted, Roofstock will kind of like carry the torch forward for you because they're very incentivized to make sure it it um it sells right it sells um if you're with a real estate agent they would probably be the one to do that but you'll need to get a lawyer and blah 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 um you know and you close uh roofstock properties generally have a tenant in there and so then it's just kind of off to the races mm-hmm. like you just start collecting a check yeah. essentially um i'm sure that there are properties on mls and stuff like that too um maybe harder to come by and then, and you're saying Roofstock even sets you up with a management company because there's probably already one in there. And you could choose your own and you could even self-manage, but they have this stringent okay. criteria of what they think is good. And in every like uh, neighborhood, they've, mm-hmm. you know, neighborhood being like Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. Um, they, they've identified the top three that fit their criteria. They've negotiated deals with. And so you kind of get to go in with somebody that's going to treat you not like Matt, with one property yeah. that we can screw over, but as a customer of Roostock, mm. of which there are a shit ton of properties, and they better take good care of you because Roostock has openly said you can escalate to them and they will go to the property manager. That's really compelling. Yes. That, that, <laughs> that was the thing that sold it on me. When I, I think I had Zach on the phone. I asked him like so many times, like, wait a second. I can have you talk to the property manager if I wanted to. I, I want to have the relationship. Yeah. But if they'll get involved, you know. Okay. Once I buy this property then, mm. then what? And it's just paying the money and collecting? I mean, look, uh, before we've set up an LLC, we've done, you know, a few yeah. housekeeping type things, but you're going to build a preserve account and you're just going to essentially collect a check. And then answer an email once in a while from your property manager. Exactly. And usually uh, they tell you what, well, I mean, I guess the good ones mm-hmm. um, tell you what they think should be done. I almost always agree. Occasionally mm-hmm. I'll ask a question. Um, there you go. Yeah. And I'll see a quote, you know, and it's like, fix a toilet, $200. I might reply like, think we can get this cheaper? Yeah. I don't know. I don't care. I'll probably yeah. pay it anyways, but then they're going to go and find somebody yeah. and get another quote. You know, it's so funny because, you know, I hear that and I and I just think about my relationship with my property manager and I that's what we do. We at, like I get on the phone and we like we just had a, a call because my HOA wants us to put in uh, vent covers over like the dryer exhaust and stuff. Mm. And I'm like, wait, do I even have to do that? Is that is that because that's like I own it. I'm in an HOA like there's I can't do anything else to the outside of my house, but I can do that. So I look. Yeah. You know, so I look into that and it's like, well, because it's a very specific, you know, I find out all this information, talk to my property manager. He's, you know, giving me information. Um, not something I'm Googling before I buy my first rental property. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like, and that's the thing. Like, I've learned so much about owning a rental property because I, I went through the school of hard knocks of figuring it out and I still don't know anything. And I'm even more nervous to, to get into to an actual <laughs> rental property because of it. But. I think a killer team will know those things and you can just defer to them. I don't think that you should know. You shouldn't have to research covers for... No, but uh, then you you do that afterwards. And and only when it's like only on a need to know basis. You know, it's like, oh, it's like, it's like learn. It's like, uh, what do they, what do I call it? It's like on demand learning. It's like when you need to learn it. Just in time learning. Just in time learning. Thank you. When you like, when it's ready to, when you're ready to learn that one thing, cause you need to, you learn it two, in two seconds, you find one source, you go, cool, I'm going to go with that. And you move forward. And the amount of times I've had, 
you know, like I was collecting rent via check. And I'm like, oh, you know, I went on the, I went on they Facebook. Deposit that shit. Yeah, yeah. And I, I went on Facebook and I was like, there's got to be a better way, right? Facebook people. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, cozy.co. I was like, mm. oh, cool. And it's like, okay. And you learn later. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so that was, that's pretty much it. I wanted to just address that from Jared because I thought it was an interesting question, not necessarily about rental properties in general, but more about learning and learning about things to do with investing in money and all that. It's, it's like, can things really be that simple? Yeah. If you make it that simple. We, we hope this show is mostly that we, there's a million ways to handle your finances. We have our way. Yeah. The, the way that we think you know, you should do it. And then and your you could, way and my way are, are slightly different too. Yeah. Yeah. And so if we, if you follow, you know, the Matt way, the Andrew, whatever, it actually turns out to be rather easy. Yeah. But if you want to learn the Andrew way, the Matt way, the Dave Ramsey way, right. The, you know, Michael Jordan way, like right. it becomes very complicated. Well, it gets easier. Right. And then it's all about how do we deliver that information? Right. Yeah. So educating people is hard. I mean, it's, it's like you can over-educate. You know, yes. if, if I sat there and told you how to make beer, I'd be like, all right, well, you got to talk about water chemistry first, man. Because it's like, no, that's tell advanced. me issues I don't even know could even potentially be issues. It, yeah, ex exactly. Yeah. So, um, Jared, I'm glad you took the course. But, oh, go ahead. You want to say something? I was just going to say, um, we, I, I, it wound up being, I guess, kind of an ad for the course. Although, you know, I think it, it talks to many things. Sure. Um, if you are interested in the course. Yeah. You can go to matters.com slash R E I for mm -hmm. real estate investing. You'll get a hundred dollars off and lifetime access to investable, which is the tool that we built to kind of like run analysis on all of these properties. Yeah. So, and again, thanks Jared for your question, because I, again, I think it speaks to our larger point about learning and education. And if you missed anything, we'll have everything in the show notes. Um, I know mm -hmm. we covered, quite a lot in the second half. And again, a lot of that is covered in the course, um, but we'll have some of it in their show notes. You can either check your preferred podcast app or you can visit listenmoneymatters.com slash show. And please subscribe wherever you normally listen to podcasts and tell your friends about us. Uh, if, if, they, if you think they might be interested, point them to your favorite episodes. Maybe somebody is interested in a rental property. Maybe this is the, the kick in the ass they needed to, to get started. And hopefully they'll become a subscriber. And if you have any questions or topics you want to talk, you want us to talk about on future episodes of the show, uh, different topics, doesn't matter. Email us at themoneymatters.gmail.com. And of course, all the tools and resources that we normally mention on this show are available at listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. All right. Later, Andrew. Later, man. Please tell your friends about this show. <laughs>